0: Eco-happiness is the intersection of nature and mental health, with mental health at the forefront these days. Our guest today is going to tell you how important nature is in feeling calmer and less stressed, helping your child feel calmer and less stressed.
1: I like cute clothes, I like having stylish outfits, and I hate shopping. Armoire makes getting dressed easier. Armoire is a clothing rental membership option. And Janet and I recently have both tried it out. And you guys, it is so much fun. You go to their website. You get to take a little quick style quiz. Takes five minutes. And then you get presented a list of beautiful clothing, pictures, wonderful clothes that you can pick out and get delivered to your house for you to try and wear in the comfort of your own home without going out and determine what looks cute, put together outfits without investing a ton of money. Right now, our listeners can give Armoir a try and get up to 50% off your first month. That is up to $125 off. Just visit armoir.style slash envoys. That's armoir.style, A R M O I R E dot style slash on boys to get 50% off your first month and never have to worry about what to wear again. Try
0: armoire today. This is the On Boys Parenting Podcast. I am your co-host Janet Allison with Jennifer L.W. Fink. Stay tuned after these messages. Does your little one refuse to wear socks? Some kids are super sensitive to that seam that goes across the toe, or maybe they have skin sensitivities like eczema that makes wearing socks super uncomfortable. So imagine socks without the seam and socks and PJs and boxer briefs that are made of the softest cotton and merino wool. Q for Quinn has your back. This mama started her company because... Her child had eczema and other skin sensitivities. Q4Quinn.com has cute socks. They have boxer briefs. They have PJs, all ethically sourced, not only for your kids, but for you as well. Q4Quinn, we are proud to feature a company that uses responsibly sourced wool and cotton without all the harmful chemicals and toxins. So you can have clothes, gentle to your skin, and gentle to the planet. q 4 Use the Envoy's coupon code for 10% off your order. That is the letter Q, F-O-R-Q-U-I-N-N.com. Use the Envoy's coupon code for 10% off, and uh, you'll be rocking those socks before you know it. Mental wellness for our kids, for us, is of top concern in light of the times we're living in. It's easy to feel overwhelmed and wonder how in the world we're going to manage everything that's on our plates. Jen and I often say nature is the antidote to all of our stress. Even just pausing in your busy workday to look out the window at the trees and sky can reset your nervous system. You know, time in nature can help your child feel calmer and less stressed. But for some of us, being in nature doesn't come naturally. So how can you make nature time part of your family in a way that doesn't add more stress? Our guest today, Sandy Schwartz, has the answers. Welcome, Sandy. Great to be here. Thank you. So good to have you. You are a mom of a son and a daughter. How old are they? I have a
2: 9-year-old going on 10 soon and a 13-year-old who I cannot believe is going to be 14 and going into high school next year. So mm-hmm. I have been in the game now since, you know, a little little toddler, little newborn and now venturing
0: off to high school. So yeah. lots of lots to talk about there. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. So, you know, finding happiness, finding peace and joy in the out of doors, I think probably most of our listeners hear that and maybe subscribe to it. And Jen and I, as our listeners know, are both active in the out of doors. How did you come to recognize the benefits of nature?
2: Yeah. So for me, I was, I would say an environmentalist, save the planet first. And that goes back to a time when I was in high school myself, when I was involved in the environmental club and I did a, um, cleaned up a local river and (laughs) just was so, you know, really changed my life. The course of my life at that point, it turned in, that was what I wrote my college essay on. I went on to, um, major in environmental studies and and ended up in the world of environmental and science communications. And at the same time, I've also, you know, uh, parallel path have been a stressed out kid <laughs> and that continued to go on. I mean, and a, lots of the physical symptoms throughout my life. And it really came to the uh, head after I had my son. So about 14 years ago now, um, where i was really you know struggling with being a new mom and looking back now is clearly what they call postpartum anxiety um you know when the panic kind of started and and just always revved up i you know i do not do well without sleep and i i do believe a lot <laughs> of it
1: had to do with it yeah. Uh, uh, yeah yeah direct correlation and so little you can do it at, at the, about the lack of sleep at that point in life exactly exactly so
2: I, you know, I was struggling. And so I, I went down and I love to research and write and, and I started blogging, but I started down this path of, you know, how can I help myself in a natural way? And so that was when I came across the world of positive psychology and then went back to my, in, my the roots of my interest, you know, in, in, in nature and the environment. And so I combined things like mindfulness in nature and creativity in nature and exercise in nature. and you know, that's really helped me personally. And so that that's how I ended up with creating the eco happiness project, right? That's where that merging of in the interaction or intersection of nature and mental, you know,
1: where my mind went, you you talked about the river cleanup, and then you talked about being stressed as a new mom, totally familiar. And then you said, I went down and you know what my mind filled in Janet, my mind filled in, I went down to the river to pray. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, that, that song That song. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And
1: you know, and that wasn't the story, but it, it occurs to me, you know, it's a song and I love the song, but there's a lot of wisdom to that for me, if I feel stressed and I go down to the river, to a lake, to water anywhere, I do feel better. It's hard to make myself do it sometimes, but I do feel better.
0: Yeah, well, and you know that my my river is the Umqua, and uh, that's that's the place. That's where I go for all for that. And I do want to before we kind of launch into that, I want to back up because you write in your book, and we haven't said yet that you have a book, and called Eco Finding Eco Happiness. You talk about as a child you were anxious, you were stressed. And I mean we're talking pre-pandemic. We're talking the, you know, long time ago. And how were you, were you a family, were you a child that spent time in nature? I'm just thinking of all the parents now who, you know, they're raising little ones that that are anxious, that are stressed, to so, to kind of put those two together. Well, I come from a long history
2: of warriors. <laughs> Uh (laughs) And so it was, it was, you know, part of both the environment I believe I was raised in and then just genetics. And I'm also just very, very sensitive, both emotionally and physically. So when I would get these somatic sensations due to stress, then it would spin out into, you know, the anxiety, uh, quicksand or, you know, I like to call it. So, yeah, I mean, we're talking like the social anxiety of going to a birthday party as a child and feeling nauseous and, and nervous to, you know, worrying about being called on in math class, um, Mm. sweaty palms. And then really it was terrible. My first semester of college, I had terrible chest pains and yeah, from the stress I was, I was (laughs) taking a, a serious biology class that was for the pre-med students. Mm -hmm. That was not for me, the environmental studies major. And so I got my first very bad grade (laughs) and it was very scary. You know, when you start college that way. And yeah, you know, I went to doctors, they did you know, the chest extra, everything was fine, you know, but still they still didn't make that connection. I mean, that's what I want people to understand. When you have a child with the upset stomach and the nerves and all these sensations and physical symptoms they're having, and you know, you can run around and take them to a million doctors and they'll never find anything because it's it's due to stress and anxiety. And it's like mm-hmm. the secret. I mean, I'm glad more people are talking about it, but I think it's important. For parents to understand, this is the handbook I wish my parents had.
1: Mm -hmm. I have to put Mm -hmm. on my, my nurse journalist hat for a minute and say, if your kid is having chest pain, yes, please take them to the doctor and get (laughs) that checked out. That is totally appropriate to get these symptoms checked out and to make sure you're not missing something. But as you learned, Sandy, there's not all the answers in the doctor's office and Mm -hmm. there's not all the answers in a prescription. And here's the beauty. Nature is free.
0: And it can be, it doesn't have to be this elaborate trip to the wilderness. It can be just go out and walk down your city block. And in Portland right now, the tulips are blooming and it's beautiful. There's so many signs of life and and, uh, new blossoms. So that just resets your nervous system. I do want to talk about the science behind why nature is so healing for humans.
2: Yes. Like you had mentioned, oh, we know we go to the water and it makes us feel better. And mm-hmm. for hundreds of years, for generations, that's just been what people have done. Um, a lot of the indigenous, you know, we go back to, to what they've done and, and, mm-hmm. and their behaviors and, and being outdoors. And what's so great now about this topic and part of the reason why I love this as a writer is that more and more studies have been done in the last decade or so. I mean, you're talking hundreds, maybe thousands now that specifically look at different aspects of nature and how it um, reduces cortisol levels. So, you know, they're finding the physical symptoms. They can also, as they um, interview, you know, the the people who might, you know, they'll say, okay, you know, exercise, looking at the wall inside now exercise by the window now go outside Ah. and run. Okay. And they'll, you know, they'll ask them how they feel. So they get those emotional, the emotional data as well. And it's just clear, you know, every time they do this research that people feel happier and calmer after being connected to nature and it doesn't have to be immersed. It can be looking at nature as well
1: Hmm. from inside,
2: from a a picture. I found
1: myself thinking about this this morning, Janet, Um, Sandy, one of the things that I like to do when possible and i say when possible because i live in wisconsin and it is not pleasant here many many months out of the year but when possible i like to journal in the morning outside i like to sit outside on the deck or sit on my porch or and i haven't been able to do that for months because it's been so nasty today okay it's overcast okay it's windy but it was 60 so i'm like i think i can do this so i wrapped up in a blanket and i and i did that outside And I found myself reflecting on we as a species have spent so much time creating these barriers between us and nature for good reasons, right? I don't really want to sleep with rain pelting down on me. I don't want a tornado sweeping away my children. So there's reasons for these barriers, but we've almost gotten so good at it that now we need to deliberately remove some of these barriers and give ourselves and our children opportunities to be in nature. How do we do that when our whole culture is sort of built up around <laughs> encasing ourselves in the safety of the built environment exactly and
2: the good news um the re- this huge study came out a couple of years ago in 2019 that said all you really need is 120 minutes a week in nature connecting to nature so that's about 20 minutes a day so okay. that's what i want people to understand that this is about building a nature habit and doing that by looking at your day, looking at your family's routine, where can you tweak it? You know, can you walk somewhere for an errand? Can you eat outside, you know, as a family? Can you do homework outside? Can you do the art project outside? You know, little tweaks. It doesn't mean, look, I, I, I was laughing, you know, Janet had said when we first got on, before we were recording that she used to go out camping with her family and totally off the grid. Right. I am very, very honest. I am a suburban environmentalist. I grew up in the suburbs. I live in the suburbs. I have never been camping outdoors in a tent. Never. Now my kids go to overnight camp. They've had those experiences. I just, my family didn't raise me that way. We just, Mm -hmm. that's not what we did. I've had, but I have other ways to connect to nature. Mm -hmm. So I want people to understand it's what, you can do it in your own way that Mm -hmm. works. And Mm -hmm. if that's just sitting on your balcony and
1: listening to the birds chirping, you've done it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that homework outside idea. Janet, what do
0: you think? I love it. I love it. I mean, anytime you can be outside and you know, the thing is our kids, I think are, they have that connection naturally. And I love what you said, Jen, about that we've built these structures to separate us from the weather and nature. And I think young children don't yet, many young children don't yet have that separation and they feel comfortable outside. They're at home out there until we tell them not to be until Mm. we make it not okay. Many of you know that I'm a new grandma. So of course I'm reading everything about newborns and interestingly enough for newborns, if they're exposed to afternoon sunlight, they sleep better at night. Our sleep
1: specialist did talk about the importance of exposure to sun. Uh, We were specifically talking about teens and sleep because that's such an issue, but it's true for all of us. The sooner you can Get exposure to sunlight when you're awake. The easier your waking up goes, the better you tend to sleep at night. Like our bodies, Sandy, are designed to respond to these natural cues. So we can work with our bodies and with the planet and improve mm-hmm. our mood. Like win, 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 win. Yeah. And the, the big reason why nature helps us
2: feel better is it's a multi sensory experience. And so I, you know, part part all of the different elements of nature, you know, whether it's the light, the sounds, the scents, the colors, the textures. So all of that, I go through and I, you know, look at the science behind that. And then you can kind of, you know, it's fasting. And then you realize like, wow, when you're outside, it, it is, it's a, it's a multi-dimensional, multi-sensory experience that helps us in so many ways. And that's why it benefits us so much more than sitting inside and not getting all of that, not getting the colors and the sense and the fresh air and, and the the sounds. Yeah.
1: I would imagine I'm guessing here, you probably have done research to tell you this one way or the other, like sometimes sitting inside with your, uh, sensory, your sad light, you know, seasonal affective disorder. Sometimes that is the best you can do in the moment or in the time you're in. But I would imagine that you get the benefits of all of it if you can get outside and get that sun exposure while you're also the sounds, the smells, everything else.
2: Exactly. And, you know, I think art is a great way as well. And that's a way to have the benefits last longer. So if you Mm. were to go outside and, you know, have the kids paint or draw or even take photographs, right. Of, you know, if you go on a nature walk or your backyard or on a trip where you're around nature, and then they they create these these art projects and you put them up in their room, you put them in your home. When you see that again, when you're seeing the nature art that you created or you captured, it reminds you, it gives you that like boost again of, of the happiness because you you remember being there at that spot. And it's just beautiful. It's better to look at that than a building, right? The picture
0: of a building. Yeah. So Sandy, I know our listeners are like, okay, so give me some practical. I'm all about the practical. Give me some practical ideas. I want to go from the the perspective of I'm a mom who wasn't raised going camping, wasn't raised in nature, kind of like not so comfortable, maybe an urban mom. And what do I do? I go outside and it's like, It's kind of cold and it might be, oh, I don't really like bugs and all the things. It's muddy. How do I make this bridge knowing that I'm, you know, maybe you have a child who kind of loves it, but you're a little reluctant. So how do we help those parents who feel a little reluctant and also feel nervous and, oh, I don't want my child walking across that log because they might fall help us.
2: Right. Well, the first thing is to understand that it's so beneficial to them. So to be nervous about it, just going to hinder that experience, right? We have to first educate people to un- to let them know that nature is this naturally healing medicine that's free and there and available. Okay. And that we don't need to be scared of it. Yeah, of course. Hey, I'm scared if I see a snake you know, I'm in Florida yeah. and sometimes I'm on a walk and I see a snake. That is scary, okay? <laughs> like, But overall, we can find so many ways to connect to nature in a safe, comfortable way.
0: This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Babies need to eat.
1: And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about ByHeart Heart Baby Formula. So, if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get ten percent off your first order by using code OnBoys at Byheart.com. That's B-Y-H-E-A-R-T dot com slash podcast, and it is ten percent off your first order. Byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer, and additional terms and conditions may apply.
0: Winona menopause care made easy. And my biggest recommendation always to
2: to anyone who wants to start building a nature habit, get -hmm. outside more is to start with what you already love. Okay. So if you already love going to the beach for vacations, I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. I mean, that's kind of a big one. So make those plans, find new beach spots to go to, look at the lakes, you know, go get some more bodies of water. Your kids already love sports. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're on a soccer team and okay, they're playing outside. Well, maybe we want to add some more outdoor adventure, right? Cause they love to run around. So maybe you want to go boating or you want to go mountain biking or, you know, go and explore a, a national park right? Like start with what they love. I mean, art is a perfect example as well. Instead of them sitting inside, you know, drawing cartoons, cartoon characters, Mm -hmm. get them outdoors creating and being inspired by art, by by nature while they're doing that. I
1: like that art idea too, because in my mind, at least growing up, there was this separation between outdoorsy, sporty people. And then people like me who were more creative books, art, introvert. And seeing that there and learning that there are ways that you can take those habits outside and get all the benefits is is helpful. One of the things that I did when my kids were little is I'm the introvert bookish person. They were playing outside in the sandbox. I sat on the edge of the sandbox and read a book to them. So they had some continuing outside time, but I got to be in my comfort zone because let's face it, I mean Janet, you know this about me. I would rather read a book out loud Than play with matchbox cars in the sand.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. You know, I just have to say, I'm having the most delicious memory come up as we're talking about this. And remembering that when I was in elementary school, one of my favorite things to do after school, we lived in suburbia, was to climb a tree and read a book in the tree. And also journal, because I started journaling early. Yeah, just moving those activities outside. And that's like, I can, I- I'm just loving it. I Like, it's just like a flood of memory <laughs> right now. I had forgotten about doing that. But um.
1: during our homeschool years, one time I hosted a messy art party outside, which is great. So here's the real beauty of doing art outside. You don't have to clean up as much, right? I had bought some cheap canvases online. I got cheap tempera paint and we did like splatter painting, but it's outside. It's on the grass, which is just going to grow and get cut anyway. So what do I care if there's paint? It was behind the house. It wasn't, you know, to the street. You can just be more free to make messes and experiment in ways outside that you might not want to do in your house. (laughs) Play-Doh outside. I mean, who cares if the kids get Play-Doh? On the floor, if the floor is the dirt, who cares?
0: Mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm.
2: my husband, did not allow play doh in the house, so there was only play doh
0: outside. Mm. <laughs> so, talk about the benefits of just free play. I mean, we're talking art projects outside and you know play doh outside, but what about just like free range? Just go and I, I think that sometimes parents think they go to the beach and they got to have like fifty million sand toys to play in activities. Mm. What is the benefit of just stepping out the door unencumbered with anything?
2: Well, the benefit is that it allows not only relaxation, but the creativity, the curiosity, you know, the research shows that nature itself stimulates creativity, productivity, curiosity. Mm. So, and that's why even for adults or, or classroom setting, having plants inside having, you know, a window to to look at the beauty of nature, all of that raises test scores. The free play outside is how children, it's so necessary for the development. It's how they learn how to get along with their friends and and their siblings and deal with conflict. So much of the way children are are growing up today, right, is so structured, overly structured Mm -hmm. from the after school activities to the way the schools are run. Yeah. I mean, my kids have very, very structured lives, but there are times I just say, you know, when they have a day off, it's like, okay, we're not going to make any plans, you know, figure out what you're going to do. And that allows them, my daughter, her, one of her favorite hobbies is to go outside and just do art and she'll sit out there. And, you know, again, we have, we're a little lucky here because we have Longer periods of whether you can hang outside in Florida. Mm-hmm. Although, believe me, the summers you don't want to be here. So yeah, yeah it depends where you are. My son, what he loves to do is go and play some, shoot some hoops, play some basketball by himself when he wants to de-stress and get his outside, you know, outdoor time after you know a hard day of school. And so that's free play. And you know, you can kind of give them the stimulation of being able to do free play, like have a bucket. Of materials available shovels, arts and crafts, butterfly net, a magnifying glass, kind of have that around mm-hmm. so that they can then use that those materials on their own uh, in a non-unstructured way, but they can get out and explore.
1: You just reminded me of um something. So you know, like many parents, okay, we're going to we live in Wisconsin, so we don't have the ocean. We're going to a lake. There's a bit of a sandy beach. So I took along you know the the plastic buckets and shovels and whatever. And Janet, my Sam, my youngest, who's, I don't know, he was probably like eight at the time. Mm -hmm. He packed in the van, I kid you not, a full size garden spade because (laughs) he wanted to (laughs) dig a hole. He didn't want to mess around with these plastic shovels. Well, it, it fit easily under the seat. So he brought that. And here's the other thing with kids and free play, you have to be prepared to let them use materials in ways you would not expect because one of the things he ended up doing was taking the shovel and like swooshing it out on the water and seeing how far he could get it to go like a boat sort of Mm. and I mean that kept him that kept him busy for the better part of
0: an hour and he's learning physics and all you know cause and effect Um, right right yeah the other thing I want to really highlight here is you, you know, you might have a a newborn, you might have just a little crawling baby or Mm -hmm. um, a toddler. And it is so important to be out in nature on uneven surfaces, things to climb over as a way to build body awareness, as a way to build coordination. And, and we, you know, we talk about all the time, like I want to build my child's self-esteem and their resilience. And it can really come from this place of my child is comfortable in the outdoor environment. And I'm thinking of a friend who we went for a hike and I think her son at that time was maybe two and a half or three, and we, we climbed up a mountain and he pretty much walked the whole way. And we got to the top and there's this huge pile of boulders and rocks. And this mama, wise mama because her son had been outside since he started to move around, let this boy climb all over this pile of rocks at the top of a mountain. And my heart was a little bit like, ah, and ready to grab at any moment. But the mama was confident because her son was confident in his body. He knew how far he could stretch. He knew what he could climb up. And of course she was fairly close by, but not as close as I think I would have been as mama. (laughs) That ability to just have confidence in your body doesn't come from crawling around on smooth, shiny surfaces. It comes from being in the dirt and experiencing sand. And what, how do I get over this log that can only come from being outside.
2: And it, it also, they, you know, the research has found that those experiences actually do help with the stress and anxiety as well, because Mm -hmm. it allows them to have those experiences to fall, fall off, get back on, to not, you know, get over fears. One of my, my daughter's favorite stories from sleepaway camp is getting over her fear of doing the zip line. That was her most absolute favorite aspect of, of camp but she and i thought she was so brave and and you know she she no fear right because i think i would be afraid to do it but she said no i was so scared but that first time i did it it made me feel so proud and she overcame that and so that experience again it's something i never had as a child i'm mm-hmm. so grateful she's able to have that you know i i like to certainly be a proponent of of the camp experiences because i didn't have that and i think you can see the difference in the children's confidence and the way they handle um, stress and anxiety and other emotions.
1: What advice do you have for parents who may have kids who seem to not like the outside? According to my mom, I was the baby that when she would set me down in the grass, I would scream and cry. I did not like the feel of the grass on me. I have a niece who, when she was little, like mud, dirt, "Mm -mm, no way my mom will also tell you like, as a baby, the wind in my face just distressed me. I didn't like any of that. Mm. So what advice do you have for parents who, you know, may want to take advantage of nature, but they're like, my kid hates it. You know, you could start by
2: experiencing nature in other ways, such as maybe a nature center, a science museum, Mm. a butterfly garden, something that kind of distracts them in a different way. You know, so they're looking at the butterflies instead of worrying about the bugs. I interviewed this great couple for my book who runs a nature camp. You know, I kept asking them, like, can you explain to me how, you know, give me an example of a child who really overcame their fears during this camp process. So there was a little boy who just would not, you know, he was miserable outside, but he did a little bit, they pushed him and they, you know, every day did a little bit and they did a lot of art again outside. By the end of this week, the boy was running and playing in the mud. And he was as happy as could be. So
1: it's just kind of taking baby steps. You know, doesn't it sound Janet a lot like the, the advice that we heard when we did our picky eater episode, right? Just because a kid is not crazy about whatever food you're introducing, it doesn't mean that child will never eat that food. You can mm-hmm. let them touch it. You can let them look at it. You can cook with it yourself, you know, all these things. And over time they may decide, oh, this is yummy. Mm -hmm. With nature, there's so many,
2: you know, options. Maybe the child didn't like doesn't like the hard grass or the sands, the hot sand. But maybe they like being on a boat. Yeah, rent a
0: canoe, Mm -hmm. go for a little boat ride. Yeah. (laughs) And another (laughs) another entry is animals. You know, I mean, what kid doesn't like animals? So, oh, we're you know, what is this environment for this animal? And exploring it through that doorway also.
2: Exactly. I think um, volunteer work is also a great way to get, especially, Mm. Mm -hmm. you know, kids, even young kids, but as they get older, teens, you know, they, oh, they want to sit inside all day playing video games. But, you know, a lot of them do want to engage in volunteer work or they are required to through school or, or, you know, their religious uh, group or whatever. And so that I give lots of examples of how to connect nature to volunteerism. And that again gives you, you're in, you're in nature, you're immersed in nature, but you're, doing something else. You're cleaning up the beach or you're Mm -hmm. picking, you know, vegetables at a farm or you're walking a dog of a neighbor that needs help. So it
1: gives you that kind of positive distraction. Mm -hmm. Your kids are 10 and 14 right now, which is an age at which a lot of kids do want to be more inside or their interests are changing, or they're much more resistant to family plans. Oh, mom. You know, can you talk about how your kids experience uh, of nature is changing as they're growing and, and what kinds of shifts you or they are making? I want to talk about in that regard, how boys,
2: and maybe a little stereotypical, but a lot of boys love video games, including my son. I don't see that as much. My daughter doesn't play the video games, but my son does when he wakes up early on a Saturday and Sunday morning on the weekend, when I come downstairs, he's playing his video games. So I think that is a pattern that we see. So how can we bridge that technology gap, in a sense, from screen time to getting outside? Mm -hmm. And what I found, one of the best ways to do it is through citizen science. And Ah. because citizen science and and also for a child who loves science, who loves um, technology, math, you know, may not be interested in sports and adventure, but they, they're, you know, they love that kind of work. Um, They love being on the uh, robotics team, things like that. So citizen science is essentially a volunteer project where, where you're connected to an app through an organization like a government organization or a nonprofit that is collecting science data. And they're looking for volunteers out in the community you download the app and then you have to go outside and you maybe have to take pictures of the birds you see or the, the flowers that are blooming during a certain season. And so to me, this is a great bridge between yeah. tech and, and nature. Um, yes. And when I did it with my kids, they were so enthralled and engaged. <laughs> and it was cool because you took a picture of a plant or a flower and then the app
1: would tell you exactly what it was. That's a that's a great point. I love the citizen science initiatives are so interesting. And I think part of it's because I just think they're interesting, but there's also all these great apps now, you know, that you can use the technology outside those apps that will tell you what plant you're looking at. That's magic. There's ones for insects. Um, I know my husband had one where you can like go outside at night and look at the stars and it will tell you, this is the constellation. There's so many creative ways. And, you know, you've got a lot of this in your book. So I, as a parent, don't need to think it all up on my own. Yeah. And there's even, you know, during the heart of COVID, there was a lot going
2: on online with science centers, science museums and nature centers offering tours and interactions with animals online. I think that was also, it's creative, you know, it's an option. My daughter's birthday party that year in 2020 went from being at an in-person nature center to going online. And we still had to, we got an animal show and the kids loved it. So, you know, there, there are ways that you can still engage the kids, even using technology. I'm not against that. I'm not saying that's the first choice, but I think it builds their curiosity that maybe will get them interested in going outside more.
0: Yeah. Love that bridge. So Sandy, tell us where our listeners can find your book and start, I mean, and, and part of your book is, it's a great read all the way through, but you can also just open it and there's an activity. There's a oh, I haven't never thought about sit spots and going to you know, having your child or yourself having this place that you go back to time and again and see how it changes in the season. So this book is packed with practical activities, along with here's here's why, if you want to delve into that side of things, but the, the biggest here's why to do it is you're going to see a difference in your child's emotions, in your child's anxiety level, in their stress level, and you're going to feel it in yourself as well. Mm-hmm. And taking little baby steps out into out into the natural world is just so important. And your book is a great guide and companion for doing that. And I don't think we've said actually said the full name of the book yet either. So start there.
2: Yeah. So the the name of the book is Finding Eco-Happiness, Fun Nature Activities to Help Your Kids Feel Happier and Calmer. And you can find it anywhere books are sold. Um, And you can also come to my website, ecohappinessproject.com. And there's blog posts and articles and other podcast interviews. And also what I want to really point out is I have a free calendar, Eco-Happiness Challenge Calendar, to give you more ideas and then also a free quiz. So if you really don't know where to start, you take this 10 question quiz for your child, and then you'll get an email that provides a very uh, specialized list of activities depending on, you know, they get um, into one of five buckets, you know, if they're more into the outdoor adventure or mindfulness or art, and then you'll have this catered list of activities to, to work from. And that way it could be for, you know, if you have five kids, you have five different mm-hmm. activity lists right depending nice. on uh, each child and so that's a really great place to start
0: and is that found on the ecohappinessproject.com website
2: yeah ecohappinessproject.com it's up um right in the middle on the home page and actually every blog post you can see it up the okay. top as
0: well you can it. great click great and i know jen will put that in the show notes so it will be there too Sandy, thank you so much for opening our eyes a little bit wider for hopefully inspiring our listeners to take a step outside, regardless of the weather and, or even just turn and look out the window right now as you're hearing this podcast. It's
2: been so great to be here. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Well, dear listeners, I hope this episode has inspired you to maybe remember some happy memories from your childhood, as it did evoke that for both Jen and I, and uh, inspire you to get outside and just even stepping out on your porch, out on your balcony, and taking in the day can be calming and reduce some of that stress and anxiety that we seem to be bathed in these days and wouldn't it be great to step outside with a new pair of socks for you and for your kids q4quinn.com are those socks that don't have seams that are made for sensitive skin so q4quinn.com use the on Boys coupon code for 10% off your order. Thanks for being our listeners. As always, we appreciate you so much and we appreciate you supporting our sponsors because that helps us do what we love. And that is bringing you wise experts and hopefully inspiration in your day. I am Janet Allison along with Jennifer L.W. Fink, and this is the On Boys Parenting Podcast. Our family has grown. Welcome to the
1: world, Hannah Baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin. All year round. Entrusted Hannah Quality
0: for your most precious
1: gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.